I told uh, Monica that I would like to have a slice, so she said the monitor is not working. And uh, in a way, I wish, I usually am not that much about having, you know, slideshows, but uh, I think this subject is very important, and I like to, for you to read, and I lose mostly Ellen White, because the subject I have to warn you is very controversial. And uh, some time back, I decided maybe I should leave it alone. But then you cannot handle by, but run across a very serious matter because the subject is not understood. And, uh, you know, honestly, it's uh, something that brings a crisis in life and almost many faiths are tested when you go through this and many people jump to the wrong conclusions. Uh, it might not work. Uh, maybe uh, I try to, oh, okay. Maybe when I do this, if it doesn't change, maybe Bogdan will help me. Jesus said in John 10.10, 10, the, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. That's what Christ said and that's what uh, his mission was. And um, I think we, if we follow him, those words will be fulfilled, but we need to obey his instruction and uh, follow Jesus and listen to his counsel. Why I decided to talk about is because uh, even though the subject is very controversial, it's very important, and I think the problem is not because there is too much controversy into Ellen G. White's writings, it's but because we... Uh, maybe don't have a knowledge, and maybe the subject is not presented too clearly. And I would just like to, you know, present it as clear and give you principles and not start into little details that might have problems. Visiting Romania, I visited, I, uh, I went and I saw some of my relatives as much as I could. And um, I went to see my uh, parents' family, me and the little one, and uh, my father came from a large family. I think he had eight or nine brothers. <laughs> it's, uh, we were not that close to them because he was kind of a step son. And uh, uh, some of the relatives, we saw them maybe once in a lifetime. So, But um, I went and I visited them that I knew. And uh, in the process, I talked with them. And what I notice is that they are kind of in the up, uh, upper age, 50s, upper 60s. And uh, I notice that they follow the American way. When you are old, you get sick and you need medication and you need certain pills every day and so forth. But what happened to people here happened to them too. Talking with them, I noticed that uh, many of them had problems and emergency, and they had to go to the hospital. 
uh, one of my aunts said that she had very serious bleeding and uh, couldn't stop. The sad part is because I asked her what causes and she could not say what causes. And I told her, you know, it might be because of some of the medication you take. And uh, she was not told that. She found out from me. And also talking with other people, I noticed the same thing. And uh, I look uh, here to see what God says about and I like to let my opinion kind of alone. We'll start with a story from Second uh, Kings chapter 1. And here is, uh, like in life, somebody gets sick and uh, had problems. The story is recorded in Second Kings chapter 1. It's uh, the king Ahaziah the king of Israel, was sick. And he sent messengers and said unto them, Go inquire of Baal Zebub, the god of Akron, whether I shall recover from this disease. God sent his prophet to give him a message. And uh, the, uh, here Ellen White says, On the way they met Elijah, And instead of a message from the idol, the king heard the awful denunciation from the God of Israel. Thou shalt not come down from the bed on which thou art gone up, but shalt surely die. Second Kings chapter 1 verse 4. It was Christ, and here is what Ellen Joy talks about that incident. It was Christ that bade Elijah speak those words to the apostate king. Jehovah Emmanuel had caused to be greatly displeased at Ahaziah's impiety. What had Christ not done to win the hearts of Israel and to inspire them with unwavering confidence in himself? For ages he had visited his people with manifestation of the most condescending kindness and unexampled love. From the time of the patriarchs, he had shown how his delights were with the sons of men. He had been a very present help to all who sought him in sincerity. In order of fiction, he was afflicted, and the angel of his presence saved them. In his love and his pity, he redeemed them. Yet Israel had revolt fr revolted from God and turned for the help of the Lord's worst enemy. In a way, she said, she, the king looked for counsel from Satan. And uh, here is, she continues, the Hebrew were the only nation favored with the knowledge of the true God when the king of Israel sent to inquire of a pagan, of a pagan oracle, he proclaimed to the heathen that he had more confidence in their idols than in the God of his people, the creator of the heavens and the earth. In the same manner do those who profess to have a knowledge of God's word dishonor him when they turn from the source of strength and wisdom to ask help or counsel from the powers of darkness. If God's wrath was kindled by such a course on the part of the wicked, idolatrous king, 
how must he regard a similar course pursued by those who profess to be his servants? And that refers, I think, to us today. And here she continues, many are unwilling to put forth the needed effort to obtain a knowledge of the laws of life and the simple means to be employed for the restoration of health. They do not place themselves in right relation to life. When sickness is the result of their transgression of natural law, they do not seek to correct their errors and then ask the blessing of God, but they resort to the physicians. If they recover health, they give to drugs and doctors all the honor. They are ever ready to idolize human power and wisdom, seeming to know no other God than the creature, dust and ashes. This is from Christian Temperance and Bible Hygiene 112. Another story from the Bible, Second Chronicles 16.12. Uh, it tells us, and Asa in the 39th year of his reign was diseased in his feet until his disease was exceeding great. Yet in his disease he sought not the Lord but the physicians. That's the story of King Asa. He was a faithful king, but toward the end he, um, he had some trembling. And in the, in the last Part of his life, we see here, the Bible says, he did not sought the Lord, but the physicians. Some people say, yeah, back, back then, there was a difference. Those physicians, so-called physicians, as the Bible called, were sorcerers. They were mixed, who knows what, and gave an expect to restore people to life. Actually, the word used for, in Greek, it's pharmakeos. For sorcerers, the word that is derived nowadays, and it's used for pharmaceutics. And uh, as the proverb says, the more things change, the more they remain the same. And um, I would like to see here more counsel here about, uh, because I think we have to learn from these errors, and when we get sick, to seek the Lord, and not only. In little matters, I think it's wiser to seek him when the little matters. I think if we use the right way, we won't get to the big matters when it's very serious. And sometimes it might be too late. And to be honest, you know, uh, we have lots of light. And uh, I just like to leave the, and give you the principles. And I hope everyone will be kind of uh, wise enough to investigate for themselves and decide what they will do. Okay, here we go now. Here are the principles. Uh, and here is from the Ministry of Healing. I'll say be, uh, if we will be wise, let's just invest and buy this book before we run to the doctor and read what is advised there and I think we will be saved lots of headache and we will save lots of money. Here is what the counsel of the Lord tells us about. The only hope of better things in the, is the education of the people in right principles. Let physicians teach the people that restorative power 
is not in drugs but in nature. Disease is an effort of nature to free the system from condition that results from a violation of the laws of health. In case of sickness, the cause should be ascertained. Unhealthful condition should be changed, wrong habits corrected. Then nature is to be assisted in her effort to expel impurities and to re-establish right condition in the system. So when you get sick, see what might be the cause. Many times it's what we eat. Eight out of, I mean, sorry, nine out of ten. That's what I think the, the prophet says. Of course, and there is also the mental side, you know, if you are depressed, I think has a very big influence also. But when we get sick, we have to see what is the cause and correct that. I know sometimes it's difficult because we cannot really find the cause. But I believe if we will seek the Lord, he will help us detect the cause. And uh, God will not keep us guilty if we are are ignorant and we cannot figure out and then maybe make a mistake. But here is the counsel going on, continuing. A practice that is laying the foundation of a vast amount of disease and of even more serious evil is the free use of poisonous drugs. When attacked by disease, many will not take the trouble to search out the cause of their illness. Their chief anxiety is to rid themselves of pain and inconvenience. So they restore to patent nostrums of whose real properties they know little or they apply to a physician for some remedy to counteract the result of their misdoing. But we not thought of making a change in their unhelpful habits. If immediate, immediate benefit is not realized, Another medicine is tried and then another. Thus, the evil continues. Actually, I talk with my relatives and I ask them, uh, you know, uh, the pills that you take, do you know what they do to you and uh, how they make you healthy? They had no clue. I say, next time when you go, go and ask the doctor, how will this help me? And if the doctor doesn't, is not able to make you understand that, I'll question that and maybe... But... I was talking actually in America here with a customer the other day, and uh, he was an old customer. He just called me back and asked him, how are you doing? I said, good, except I have some heart problem, uh, irregular heartbeat, he told me. They said, what happened? Oh, I don't know. They cannot figure out. And I asked him, you know, almost I have a clue now. I asked him, it might be the medication you take. Say, you know, it's funny you ask me that because uh, the doctor did not really say that, but he said he has to get take me off medication. And uh, as we are going to see more, you know, it's a very serious matter how we treat and what we do with our body. And of course, uh, here is Ellen White, and of course, we she recommended uh, natural remedies, things that will not do harm. But here, even here, there is a precaution. Because as we are going to read here, 
uh, at, uh, at this slide, even in nature, there are some things that Satan created and we should not use them. Here, uh, it says remedies that cleanse the system. Christ never planted the seeds of death in the system. Satan planted these seeds when he tempted Adam to eat of the tree of the knowledge which meant disobedience to God. Not one noxious plant was placed in the Lord's great garden. But after Adam and Eve sinned, poisonous herbs sprang up. In the parable of the sower, the question was asked the master, Didst not thou sow good seeds in the field? From whence then had it tears? The master answered, An enemy had done this. Matthew 13, 27 and 28. All tares are sown by the evil one. Every noxious herb is of his sowing, and by his ingenious methods of amalgamation, he has corrupted the earth with tares. So, I'll say, even when you take so-called natural remedies, if they have something, you shouldn't take it. I know people now advocate marijuana, having health benefits. Based on this principle, I cannot support that. And... uh, I will say it might bring some relief, but it doesn't bring healing and also does some other damages that are very serious. And uh, some people say, oh, you are so cruel. You know, you don't see how people shaking like that. After they, they take that, they stop shaking. I say for me, I go with the principles, and uh, we will see there. I, I'll follow Jesus' example when it comes to uh, some things that might relieve some pain and troubles. And uh, Ellen White says that, you know, when we get sick, we're in a rush to get rid of disease, and that's why we make mistakes. If we, we will suffer a little bit, she said, and do the right thing, we will not cause, cause many troubles and problems. But when you get sick, you want to get, you know, we listen to fast food, kind of time we want to get healthy fast and we want a magical method that will bring fast results but if you look at hey you did those things for 25 years it is not going to change overnight but be patient do the right thing and you'll get healed but here is uh, something more and actually it's a very serious matter because here is a it's a spiritual battle and, you know, it's, uh, how could I say it, you know? There is uh, is more than we can see with the eyes. It's principles. And that's why it's very hard when somebody gets sick to stick with the principle and act by faith. Because basically, then you are put to a test. Who do you trust? And, of course, they will come all the doctor and medical field, and they'll give you their advice. And then some other people will say something. And then you have to... Put, Try, I mean, trust somebody and put faith in something. And, uh, and here we'll see what God's advice is. And here is what Ellen White says about, and this is in two selected messages. Then shall physician continue to resort to drugs which leave a deadly evil in the system, destroying that life which Christ came to restore. 
Christ's remedies cleanse the system. But Satan has tempted man to introduce into the system that which weakens the human machinery, clogging and destroying the fine, beautiful arrangements of God. The drugs are ministered to the sick, do not restore, but destroy. Drugs never cure. Instead, they place in the system seeds which bear a very bitter harvest. Here we have to see one principle. Those things will cleanse the system and will help. And of course, you know, we have to be careful because sometimes, you know, there are some natural remedies they might call a medicine. Like uh, you take a charcoal pill. That's a natural remedy. But if you look at the principle, we can choose and see. The idea is, as the hypocritical uh, oh, that the doctor says, is first thing, you will do no harm. That, I think. And, uh, but uh, here is more. I mean, I, I will just. And here is a letter that Ellen J. White wrote to Dr. Kellogg. And this happened, I think, in uh, 1899, when Kellogg was still okay. And here is uh, her advice to Dr. Kellogg. Dr. Kellogg, God has given you favor with the medical fraternity, and he will have you hold that favor. But in no case are you to stand as do the physician of the world, to exalt allopathy above every other practice and call all other methods quackery and error. For from the beginning to the present time, the result of allopathy have made a most objectionable showing. There has been loss of life in our sanatorium because drugs have been administered and this given no chance for nature to do her work of restoration. Drug medication has broken up the power of the human machinery and the patients have died. Others have carried the drugs away with them, making less effective the simple remedies nature uses to restore the system. The students in our institution, Battle Creek Sanatorium, are not to be educated to regard drugs as a, as a necessity they are to be educated to leave the drugs alone. And then the next paragraph, the Lord has been pleased to present this matter before me in clear lines. So here is, you know, people said, oh, you know, when Ellen White says that the Lord showed it, then I accept it. So here you have it. The Lord has been pleased to present this matter before me in clear lines. Fever cases need not be treated with drugs. The most difficult cases are best and most successfully managed by nature's own resources. This science, fully adopted, will bring the best results if the practitioner will be thorough. The Lord will bless the physician with who depends on natural methods, helping every function of the human machinery to act in its own strength. The part the Lord designed it to act in restoring itself to proper action. Then the next one. The medical fraternity represented to me, the Lord has shown her, with their long, and here I think she refers to when the American Medical Association was formed and Kellogg was kind of being talking with them. 
the medical fraternity represented to me as Freemasonry with their long unintelligible names which common people cannot understand will call the Lord's prescription for Hezekiah quackery. That was pronounced upon the king, but he prayed for life and his prayer was heard. Those who had the care of him were told to get a bunch of figs and put them on the sore and the king was restored. This means was taken by God to teach them that all their preparation were only depriving the king of the power to rally and overcome disease. While they pursued their course of treatment, his life could not be saved. The Lord diverted their minds from their wonderful mystery to a simple remedy of nature. Here Ellen White talks about, I think, the doctors of their times that God showed them what to do. And uh, here is what she says. Uh, she continues, There are lessons for us in all this direction. Young men who are sent to Ann Arbor to obtain an education which they think will exalt them as supreme in their treatment of disease, of drugs, will find that it will result in the loss of life rather than restoration to health and strength. This mixture plays a double taxation upon nature, and in the effort to throw off the poison they contain, thousands thousands of persons lose their lives. We must leave drugs entirely alone, for in using them we introduce an enemy into the system. I I write this because we have to meet this drug medication in the physician in this country, and we do not want this practice, as in Battle Creek, to steal into our midst as a thief. We want the door closed against the enemy before the lives of human beings are imperiled. And here is the, I think the last. The practitioners are very much in earnest in using their dangerous caution, and I'm decidedly opposed to restoring to such things. They never cure. They might change the difficulty to create a worse one. Many of those who practice the prescribing of drugs will not take the same or give them to their children. If they have an intelligent knowledge of the human body, if they understand the delicate, wonderful human machinery, they must know that we are fearfully and wonderfully made and that not a particle of this strong drug should be introduced into this human living organism. Actually, the letter ended. This is from Selected Messages. As the matter was laid open before me and the sad burden of the result of drug medication, the light was given me that Seventh-day Adventists should establish health institutions, discarding all these health-destroying invention, and physicians should treat the sick upon hygienic principles. The great burden should be to have well-trained nurses and well-trained medical practitioners to educate precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little. Here is the message. I don't think it needs more comment. I'd just like to say here, you know, uh, talking about that nothing cure, I mean, is God that cures, you know, uh, even if you take a good thing, let's suppose you have problem in the stomach and you take charcoal, the charcoal does not do the curing. It just expels the bad stuff and then it takes the body the working, actually God working, if we cooperate with him, to bring healing and make us good. You know, if we do the right thing, 
helping nature, God will help us. And when we put, maybe in my next sermon, if I'll be set to preach again, <laughs> I will preach about praying for health and some of the condition and how can we do intelligently that and prepare so God can answer our prayers. And every, I went to a funeral and people would say, oh, when we heard the problems, you know, we start praying earnestly. And then a person said, you know, but was for nothing. That's what they said. And I mean, if you look, hey, you have a dead corpse here, you prayed, that's the result. And then we don't look. Maybe we, it's our fault and it's not God. But of course, you know, we, God takes the blame. And I kind of feel a little bit of, you know, how uh, God feels, you know, and uh, he's blamed from, for, and maybe he had his hand tied up because, you know, we might have not obeyed his counsel. And God cannot really bless disobedience. And uh, it's very important then, you know, that's why I think next time I'll preach about this, praying for health and how can we do it so we will, God will be able to answer that. And here is the last quote about that. Um, and here is from a, re- a review and herald, review and herald, September 5, 1899, Article B, Part 1. And she said here, more deaths have been caused by drug taking than from all other causes combined. If there was in the land one physician in the place of thousands, a vast amount of premature mortality will be prevented. Multitudes of physicians and multitudes of drugs have cursed the inhabitants of the earth and have carried thousands and tens of thousands to ultimately graves. That's what she said. And, you know, the sad part is people said, oh, you know, she talked about really poison that they were giving back then, uh, like uh, mercury and calomel and that. And it's true, but uh, it might be not all the truth. Because from my research, preparing a little bit for this sermon, in about 1850, the chemical industry got very big into drugs and started developing. And here is one of the drugs that are mostly used these days, aspirin. And of course, everybody, you know, there was, people say, take one for day is good for your health and so forth. Of course, there were some other articles saying it might not be that wise to take an aspirin a day. But here is what they said about aspirin, also known as acetylcholic, is a medication would uh, used to treat pain, fever, or inflammation. And here it goes. You might have read from that. I, I don't want to switch my tongue trying to. But here is, you know, they said it's uh, what they say. And here is the story of how they developed. 1853, that German uh, chemist treated, uh, and he found that chloride produced acetylsalicylic for the first time. For the next 50 years, other chemists established the chemical structure and came up with more efficient methods to make it. In 1897, scientists at the Bear Company began studying acetylsalicylic acid as a less irritating replacement medication for common salicylate medicine. 1899, Bear had made that and sold it. We use this day 40,000 
tons, 44,000 to be more exact. That's 50 to 120 billion pills. If we are uh, 6 or 8 billion people, we take about uh, 10, 15 each per, per head each year. And uh, here is some of the side. Uh, oh, I thought I had something happen. But, you know, if you want to do a search, just search about all the side effects of uh, uh, aspirin. And uh, there was coming nowadays uh, an article, I know it jumped out on me a day, about the council to take one aspirin a day it might not be that wise, they were saying, because all this health problem. And they start questioning, but of course, you know, there is a, a mindset and the influence there that, uh, you know, even that they have those flags, they will come around, oh, no, it's really good, but you have to monitor and so forth and so forth. Uh, I know it's a very hard and tough question. For me, I just gave the principle. When you're sick, do no harm first thing. That's the principle. Nothing heals but God working through nature. So work to help nature. And uh, the sad part is, you know, uh, they are, we don't follow God's example. And there are people in the world that follow and they have good results. Dr. Fruman, he heals diabetes and other stuff with a diet. McDougall's all the diet problem, oh, I mean all the digestive problems. We had Dr. Esselstyn about heart. All is done. You know, the major problems are done. And, uh, but um, here is what Christ did uh, when he was on the cross. In another prophecy, the Savior declared, reproach had broken my heart and I am full of heaviness, and I looked for some to take pity, but there was none. And for comforters, but I found none. They gave me also gold for my meat, and in my thirst they gave me vinegar to drink. To those who suffered death by the cross, it was permitted to give a stupefying potion to deaden the sense of pain, or a, me or a pain medication, as we will call it this day. This was offered to Jesus, but when he had tasted, he refused it. He would receive nothing that, would, that could be cloud his mind. His faith must keep hold, fast hold upon God. This was his only strength. To be cloud his senses will give Satan an advantage. Nowadays we have a problem with opium, or how do you call that, opioid? crisis, those pain medication. And uh, I mean, I could have go on with tens and tens of almost the same message if we will just get it across. But uh, my take is this one. You know, I'm not saying, you know, studying now you should take that or not. Just investigate for yourself. Seek the Lord first before you seek the physician. Study and apply when you are sick, or maybe before you get sick. So when the sickness comes, you know, uh, God wants us to enjoy health and be in health. But of course, as you know, as God told the Israelites, if you'll obey, if you obey what they gave you, God gave them health. I think the same thing will happen to us too. If we will just learn the lesson when we are sick, what to do. It, and it's very important because, you know, uh, the more as we go, we see more and more problems. 
people die before time. And uh, in my own opinion, they could have been saved if somebody would have told them something and they would have taken. When I went to Romania, I had a cousin of, I mean, uh, a lady that uh, came from the same village with my mother's, and they were friends, and she heard about me being there and came to me. Yes, we talked a little bit, and actually, I think she just want to, you know, share her burden. And she told me, I have my daughter, is the same age, like you, is dying of cancer. And I asked her, what happened? Oh, you know, she had long-time problem with... Uh, constipation, and then cause all the, you know, all the other stuff that goes. And uh, nowadays it turned very well. They took part of the stomach and all the other stuff. And uh, we just prayed for a miracle. And, uh, you know, I could not speak my mind. <laughs> uh, and it's better not to speak your mind. And I would say that, yeah, God will help you to go through this. But I say to myself, man, that if would have been somebody have a little knowledge about digestion and told her, hey, you have to eat more plant food that have fiber, your problem will be solved. But nobody could tell her. Actually, I gave you that, but I'll repeat it again. When I went to visit my neighbor, started doing colporting, my, uh, the lady was home with diverticulosis. And I, I didn't know anything this first time when I heard that. And when I looked at it, I told the lady, you know, you can see as many doctors as you want. As you don't address the cause, you'll not be healed. And the lady thought I made sense and changed her diet and solved her problems. She was very grateful. Since then, we are friends. When I called her, she was very willing to help me. And uh, I just told her, you, you know, the problem is you eat all this junk and you don't have fiber and you cannot go. If you don't eat the way God created food to be eaten. And um, I would say, you know, if we will do this, the doors will be open. Of course, uh, many people will might not listen to you, but, you know, God will give us wisdom to, pre- to present this. And actually, if we leave them, we'll be examples and God will see us. And then, of course, we have the other message to go. The sad part is, you know, uh, we have to face the truth. What they call Adventist hospital, they don't follow Evangeline. In Romania, they work very hard to build a hospital. And uh, they, uh, they go around, people support that. And uh, I would say, you know, if, uh, if people believe in what you do, you don't have to beg them for that much for money. But when you people, you know, question, oh, what's it going to be? You know, we're not supported that much. My idea is this one. When you get sick, try to see what's the cause uh, before you do something that might harm you and then end up in that. Uh, here, it, it's nothing. I mean, I felt like putting a disclosure there. <laughs> I don't want to make you make decision. But also, I'll speak my mind. I'll say, be careful when you consult your doctor. I'll say, consult their God. And if the, if the doctor does not confirm what God had revealed to you, fire him. Find maybe another one. It might be you will find one. I know my own experience. 
I mean, not me, when Raphael was sick one day, and I went to the hospital, and I saw the doctor. He had a eating problem. I knew the cause. <laughs> it was around Christmas. He jumped, ate lots of sugar, and his immune system was weak, and he got sick. But, you know, to help him, I said I will go to the doctor and see what they will say. I knew, of course, what he will say. And he prescribed an antibiotic. And I asked the doctor, but doctor, what if I try to do it natural? And uh, if I let and I monitor and see and not jump into those, because first of it, you don't know if he needs it. You don't know if it's, uh, you know, caused by a bacteria or a virus. So uh, it's a very hard investigation. But the doctor, of course, said, no, no, it's risky. <laughs> do that to be safe. <laughs> and I said in my mind, okay, doctor, here we are two different mindsets. My take is this one. I, then I thought critically. You know, the doctors and their mindset, and that's why it's very dangerous when you get into that system, you know, you think as the system. And the greatest fear of the doctor is he will be sued or lose his license. And if he prescribes a medication that is prescribed and kills you, you will not have any change in the court. Because, hey, he did whatever, bad luck, it just happened to you. But if he gives you an ad advice that might be a good advice and not bring results, but is not what the medical field does, and it finds out, you can sue him, even that it might not be his fault, he might have give, given you good advice. So the doctors will kind of not cut his branch under his feet. And uh, I hope that we will, uh, I didn't want to bring, how would I say? I don't want to create controversy. But the thing is, I think the truth has to be spoken. And there are a few people that speak that. And uh, we suffer because of that and many faiths stumble when they see that, you know, God be silent and not answering. So I, I hope I stirred you up. Next time, research for yourself. Ask God. He will help you and see all the light that he revealed to us. Maybe start with the little things. Make the changes when you are, have a little sickness, and then you won't get. May the Lord help us to enjoy life, and be healthy, and when we get sick, to address the problem and get healthy, and help others because there's so much suffering in the world. And the door is open. People are, you don't have to tell them about all these things I told you about drug medication because I'm more than sure somebody in family had experienced that. Oh, I, I took that, of, I had to go and they changed me. You're just like an experimental person on you. So the Lord help us to be a, a witness about his willingness and his uh, advice so we can um, help people not only for this life but for the life to come. Amen.